0: Welcome to Unbreak Your Health, the podcast program about the world of hope and health known as Complementary and Alternative Medicine. I'm Alan Smith in Plano, Texas, author of Unbreak Your Health, the complete guide to Complementary and Alternative Therapies, and today our topic is the AIM program of Energetic Balancing, and our guest is Stephen Lewis, the creator of the AIM program and co-author of Sanctuary, the Path to Consciousness. With degrees in acupuncture and homeopathy, he's been exploring energetic balancing for more than 25 years and is considered a world leader in the field today. Do you believe that anything can be healed?
1: There is no limitation in healing. Now, that's healing and not treatment. There are limitations in our current state of treatment, and perhaps there always will be. But healing comes from the inside out, and there's no limitation And if something happens that is unexpected, it may be called a miracle or whatever. It is written up in the journals, but there is no limitation.
0: We know today that everything is energy, including each one of us, so everything has an energy frequency. How does that apply to the principle of energetic balancing?
1: Well, first of all, to say everything's energy is certainly true, but you're not saying anything because of this. Energy has no property in and of itself. All you can say about energy is it is. Energy, it has no no taste, it has no flavor, it has no color, it has no space, it has no time. It just is. All energy intersects with all other energy, irrespective of time. Past, present, future, it's all one. But We live a life where, you know, I've got your picture in front of me, Al, and you and I look very different. You're a lot younger looking than I am, and you are a lot younger, I'm sure, but we are not all the same. And What creates the difference? What takes energy and changes it from a wave with no properties to a particle, to something particulate, physical, manifest? is consciousness. Consciousness shapes energy into everything about our lives, for better or for worse. And so, sure, we're all energy, but consciousness is what creates the difference. And there is a difference because well-being is not the same as misery. Prosperity is not the same as poverty. Cancer is not the same as abundant health, and on and on consciousness makes that distinction yours mine and ours individually and collectively
0: your organization emc squared is dedicated to finding imbalances in consciousness and to offer energetic balancing as a way to help people get rid of those imbalances and to increase health and well-being so what is the aim program and how does it work
1: well the aim program is basically what we do that's it it is a spiritual holographic technology because we use consciousness to help you heal yourself. And we do that by, well, basically, I would say, compelling you to focus on the balancing frequency, on balancing whatever it is you, you specifically, need to heal. That means if you and I and Michael Beckwith and Wayne Dyer and whoever are all on our trays and that's our holograms and that's another question I'm sure but our holograms let's just say for now our photographs are all next to each other we will all select different things unless we happen to have the same need to heal the same things which is highly unlikely but if so then we'll select the same things it is specific And you will keep focusing on healing what you need to heal until such time as you have healed it. That's when you stop focusing on something because it's not necessary. You have healed it. And that's our technology. It's holographic. And I can anticipate your question. Your hologram is anything unique to you. So it could be a drop of your blood. It could be a lock of your hair. It could be urine, saliva. It could be something that doesn't even contain your DNA. That's what we use. We use your photograph. I could use hair or blood. The problem I have, Al is I'm just not good enough to look at a couple of drops of blood and say, oh, that's Steve and that's Al. To me, they both look like little rest spots. But if I look at a picture of you, a picture of me, I can tell the difference. The DNA is the last thing that... Tags along. not necessary. Yeah, we give all this reverence to objects sometimes that are associated with someone. that doesn't mean anything like the Shroud of Turin is the object of great reverence because it has become a hologram of Jesus Christ. is recognized as such, and I think that's valid. I, I agree.
0: Well, and using photographs obviously is a lot neater than using blood.
1: Well, you know, it is, but this is a technology. Remember, this technology, I've added several things to this technology. But other than those couple of things that I've added, this technology is not new. And people were using holograms to help heal. People had to help people heal themselves. It's been done all over the world for, I don't know how many years, countless years. And they were using a drop of blood or perhaps hair or something of that sort. But it doesn't work any better or any worse. The photograph has the additional advantage of being so easy to use and recognizable. But that's not anything I've added to it. My contributions are just a couple and they're specific.
0: What is the quantum evaluation device?
1: quantum evaluation device is it's a computerized program and a device that I've created to look and see is there a match-up in frequencies in units of consciousness between anything stored in my computer and you, who I'm checking and evaluating to see if what imbalances show as being existent. Now, that's Means I'm checking you against everything known to mankind, many many things not known that have been revealed to me, and I say, okay, is there a match up in frequencies? And that is a an evaluation. Now, in and of itself, Al, that doesn't do a thing. There's a difference between the quantum evaluation device and the QID, the quantum imprinting device.
0: Which was going to be my...
1: Yeah, that's what your whole (laughs) picture is on. And that is the device that uses one of, well, a couple of my, my two discoveries. One of them is a frequency to force you to be specific and select what you need to select and ignore everything else. That's critically important because there are roughly half a million frequencies in the computer. Now, there isn't anybody on the planet, and probably never will be, who can focus on half a million things. You know, if you can think 20 moves ahead in chess, you're probably a grandmaster. But of the half a million, you may select 10, 20, 30, whatever whatever it is you need to select, and you will ignore the rest.
0: You've often said that there's a link between our emotions and hereditary energetic imbalances. Can you give us an example of how an emotion is tied to the frequency of a disease like cancer or MS?
1: Oh, absolutely. Early on in my work, one of my closest friends when I was in practice in L.A., Los Angeles, was a guy named Michael Beckwith. you familiar with Michael?
0: Part of the Never. secret.
1: Yeah, right. Well, he's one of my closest friends. Now, I was early on in my work doing evaluations for all the little Beckwiths. And let me tell you, there's a lot of little Beckwiths. When he's not preaching... <laughs> I can tell you just what he's doing. (laughs) So, but be that as it may, I had all these photographs. And one of them was of his nephew. One of the early ones, I said, Michael, I looked at him, I said, this child has the frequency of both hereditary and active cancer. He said, well, where'd that come from, Steve? I looked to see from which parent. He said, Steve, don't be so linear. Well, it really isn't nice to call a subtle energy physicist linear. (laughs) I was kind of ticked off, but you know, I looked and guy, I said, he said, I know my, my family, Steve, but my question is, why did he choose to have cancer? And I'm asking that specifically because. Well, he said, I know about your mathematical abilities, Steve. What you don't know is that my nephew chose his parents. Whatever he inherited, he chose to inherit. I want to know why he inherited that cancer frequency. Well, that's a whole different question. And I looked and I found, I said, okay, let's see the causal, the etiologic factors in this frequency of hereditary cancer. And it was unconscious, unresolved, previously existent bitterness. I went, wow. And I said, Well, that's really amazing. This kid's six years old and bitter. You got a weird family, Michael, because uh, I don't think I was bitter before I was ten or eleven years old. He said, You think, huh? Let's look at other people. Well, there wasn't anybody with the frequency of hereditary cancer who it didn't show it came from unresolved unconscious bitterness. Then Michael said to me, can we take this unconscious bitterness and force it right into people's consciousness so they're aware of it? I said, yes, I can. So what I did was link. There's a frequency of unresolved unconscious bitterness because everything is a frequency. Everything. I linked it to every cancer frequency in the computer, which is everyone known and those not known. And that was it. I just, about two weeks later, the phone started ringing like crazy, and it was people saying, why do I feel so bitter? I went, wow, that's amazing. And I told my staff, tell them they feel bitter because they're bitter. Now, Now you know it. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Well, nobody thought it was so beautiful, (laughs) but then something else happened. The time it took for people to heal their cancer frequencies, both hereditarily and actively, was cut way, way down, less than half the time it had taken up till then. Wow, now it had my attention. And then Michael Beckwith and I just sat every day in my office looking to see, okay, so what emotions create what other hereditary diseases, and we mapped them, charted them, added them to the AIM program, and the time it took to heal became less and less and less for each thing. You mentioned MS. MS was unresolved egotism, and so on and so on. So everything hereditary is fundamentally an emotional base,
0: listeners if you're enjoying this podcast then you'll love my new book the second edition of how to unbreak your health is your map to the world of complementary and alternative therapies it features a new user-friendly format and 339 new and updated listings in 150 different categories and you can get it on amazon.com or at your local bookstore Are there balancing frequencies for non-physical areas of your life, like relationships or even money?
1: Well, yes, absolutely so. Because remember, once again, you can embrace, if you will, let's call it some kind of attraction to poverty, attraction to loneliness, to depression, whatever it may be. And there is nothing that cannot be identified as an existing frequency in consciousness. And this is units of consciousness. This is my other contribution to measure everything and anything in life in units of consciousness because I understood, kind of early on, that, my God, you know, if people like Niels Bohr and David Bohm are correct, then you can measure things in consciousness. Theoretically, it should be able to be done, and if you can do that, then you can determine what it takes to change that measurement, because things change. There is a thing in life called healing. We all know that. Well, if there was the frequency of, let's say, uh, cancer of the colon, and now it's gone, then it's changed its frequency in consciousness. So that's where I was coming from, and that is exactly what what happens this is what i chart just as you can embrace the frequency of a disease you can embrace a frequency of let's call it an emotional disease or a spiritual disease you know everything has its own unique footprint its own resonance in consciousness and so yeah there's a frequency for everything and for anything There is nothing that does not have its own unique resonance. The frequency of hatred, the frequency of love are quite different.
0: You've said that we choose our imbalances. Is that part of the process of creating our lives?
1: Absolutely so. But when I say we choose them, it's not quite like going to the store and saying, no, I want that blue suit. Because we come here with many of these things pre-chosen. Now, you can call that hereditary, if you wish. You can speak a different language and call it karmic. It comes down to the same thing. And that was Michael Beckler's point. He was right that, you know, it's known that things run in families. That's medically understood. And it's also known that people have, and they can, heal these things. So, You have made a choice at a level before you're even born, and that is what is hereditary within you. However, when you have something hereditarily, it normally exists in potential. Now that's the key phrase, in potential, because you're supposed to have your three score and ten, or whatever it may be, and in that time you are supposed to be able to either heal this hereditary imbalance, and it can be done, or if you don't resolve it, it's very likely going to resolve you. But you always have that option. So you chose it, but you chose it not exactly, as I said, like you choose a suit or something from a menu at dinner. You select that which... You have, if you believe this, this can't be proved, but it's my belief. You select that which you, in terms of what part of you is eternal, is immortal. You may call that your soul. That's what I would call it, but call it what you want. You select that which remains unresolved, which you have not yet resolved. And For example, if you have this unresolved bitterness, which certainly is not uncommon because... I find that to the etiological factor in malignancy and cancer. Now, cancer is not a very rare thing. About what 90, 92 percent of the world has frequency of hereditary cancer. So that's that's not a hen's tooth by any means. You choose these things, and you choose them because you need to resolve them. Now, there are people who say, okay, if you don't, then that. about you that is eternal we'll come back and get another shot at it you know it's like that's why people when I'm out lecturing say to me well I'm a very old soul I usually say so you're telling me you're a slow learner right (laughs) right that's you know pretty good swelch actually but do you see what I mean we all know that that things run in families and we can't prove There is something called the soul, and nobody can demonstrate it for you, but either you believe it or you don't. I do, and that is the part of you that is eternal.
0: Stephen, I'd like to thank you for taking so much time to talk with me about the AIM program of Energetic Balancing this evening.
1: It's my great pleasure. Can I tell people how they can get more information if they want it?
0: I was just about to mention if anyone wanted to learn more about the AIM, AIM program. They should check out your website at www.energeticmatrix.com. You've been listening to the podcast edition of Unbreak Your Health, discovering the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. I'll be back again next week with another edition. But to learn more about our guest today, please visit the podcast page at www.unbreakyourhealth.com. We'd love to hear from you about this program. Please send your questions and comments to info at unbreakyourhealth.com. This program is a joint production of Unbreak Your Health and Loving Healing Press. Thank you for listening. I'm Alan Smith, and I look forward to being with you again soon.